Welcome to Tuesdays with Andrea. It's the inspiration station for everyday people guiding humanity forward. I'm your host, Andrea Rios McMillan, and every week I pursue conversations that matter with people who can relate to the common struggles we all face. You'll get to know the person behind the profession and find commonality with people of all ages, cultures, and backgrounds. Listen as friends, neighbors, and coworkers offer meaningful, personal explorations of modern life and the values we hold dear, all for the purpose of strengthening and uplifting others. Happy Tuesday. Thank you for tuning in to Tuesdays with Andrea podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Rios McMillan. And in this episode, you are meeting Maria Ortega. She is a childhood best friend. Um, her and her brother, we've known them. My sister, twin sister, and I have been friends with them since we were teenagers. Her brother, Juan Ortega, was our chamberlain in our quinceanera. We became friends through him. And we've stayed connected ever since. And she is a girlfriend that inspires me. She has this incredible optimism, this attitude of gratitude, and she lives a life of daily service in service of others and in service of a higher power. And um, I like it because she she also lived a life of, uh, of I don't want to say struggle, but, you know, she comes from a big family. They didn't have a lot of resources. She you know, faced her house burning down when she was young. Her brother Juan passed away a few years ago, who was this incredible force for good in the world. And how do you recover after um, loss after loss? And so in this episode, she talks about some of her experiences of dealing with the loss of her brother, overcoming doubt and how to build resiliency and putting yourself in positions where you're getting uncomfortable to challenge yourself to grow. And she has this incredible hope and optimism. And I hope that you take away from her story, someone who is beyond resilient, but who still lives a life of gratitude and service and who inspires me daily. She's also in transition. And so this is a real story of a working mom who got laid off and is trying to figure out what's next, what's mine to do in the world and how do I support movement and support cause. And she reached out because she's a fan of the podcast. Uh, and she was originally looking like, Hey, how can I help you administratively? How can I help this message grow? And I said, girl, you got a story. And she was a little reluctant to share because she doesn't like the way she sounds. Um, and I hope that this message reaches your heart and touches you. It certainly does me. And we start off this episode. I had a problem with recording. And so I, I apologize for the abrupt beginning. Uh, you're going to start this conversation with her telling a story about her son being bullied. And this is what I love about Chito. We call her Chito. Her name's Maria Ortega, but we call her Chito is that she lives this daily, which is we are the change that we want to see in the world. We can't meet fire with fire every single time. And we can't meet hate with hate. At some point, someone has to meet hate with love. And that's what she does. And that's what she instills in her children. She has some incredible children, by the way. And so I hope she inspires you. I hope you take something from this episode. What can I do that is the opposite because this kid is bugging him and he wants, he wants to fight him. I'm like, Joel, you know, that that's not the answer. If you're going to fight bullying with bullying, then where's the change? Where's the change in this world that we need? Let's be that change. So then I told him, I'm like, Joel, I know that this might be difficult, but you are going to be brave and you're going to do this. I want you to go to that boy first thing in the morning and tell him, do you want to be my friend? And he's like, mom, that's weird. Why do I want to do that? He doesn't like me. He wants to bug me. He wants to beat me up. And I'm like, no, I want you to just do that. You go to that boy and you tell him, do you want to be my friend? That same afternoon, he comes home and he's like excited that this boy accepted his offer to be his friend. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, because I was praying, you know, like God, use him, use him as an example of doing the opposite. Stop fighting with, you know, bullying with bullying. Why don't you be that change where this boy, you never know what he's going through. He's probably angry and aggravated and he just he doesn't know how to express but you express maybe love and so that he can gravitate towards that love and sure enough 
to this day, he still speaks to this boy just because he made that change. Mm-hmm. So this stuff, these are the things that I instill in my kids because if I believe that I have three jobs, you know, I want to make the best out of those three jobs <laughs> of being the mother of these three kids yeah. and showing them how to do these things, whether, I mean, I know it was difficult for him. He was a little shy. He was like, no, resilient to, towards like, why do I want to be his friend if he doesn't want to be mine? And all of that is just beautiful. Yeah. If you guys are just tuning in, that is Maria Ortega. She is a friend of mine and my sisters since we were in high school and, and teenagers. And she's just a, a rock steady, motivational person. And she's sharing a story about her son, her middle son, and what he went through when he was experiencing a bully. And her wisdom and advice to him was be the friend. Be the person who meets bullying with friendship and kindness. Do the opposite of what we're told or conditioned to do. If someone meets you with anger, instead of giving back anger, try a different approach. And this is one of the reasons why she's so motivating as a person, but also just as a great cheerleader for women in in general. She advocates for women. So Maria, thank you for joining the show. I'm so excited that you're here and able to share your insight and words of wisdom to the audience. Thank you. (laughs) And, you know, we'll talk about um, why you're such an inspiration, but first let's jump into where you are now. Where, where are you at in life? What stage do you find yourself in right now? I'm in the stage of unemployment. (laughs) (laughs) Last September I was laid off or let go of the company I was working for and they had to cut costs. So they let me go. And for the first time, for over, I want to say 20 years or almost 22 years, I have never been laid off. And, you know, now I'm at home doing my home duties uh, with my child being homeschooled and he's on eighth grade and, and doing that at home. And it's just different. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of people have, are in the same position, right? Finding themselves where the income you relied on, the work that used to be there isn't available or isn't as reliable anymore. And so it's about making things work, doing what you need to do in the moment to keep your head above and stay afloat while also staying positive and optimistic. And that's something that you can do in spades. You can look at a, a negative situation and and see the positive. You mentioned Johnny, your brother, as being a big motivator and inspiration. And he was larger than life. He was just this, a few years older than Maria, and just this charismatic, joyful, bubbly, but also full of wisdom and insight. And he put, you know, tasks to action and he got things done and he was able to create in this world. And he sadly passed away a few years ago. And that was. I would say something that rocked you and your family to its core. What did you take from that? How do you overcome through that type of grief? In the beginning of, it was like in September and he passed away in July. I remember pushing everyone away through that grief. And when I was pushing everybody away, it was because I wasn't that person that I wanted to be. So I was trying to hide myself under a rock. Like, I'm not the greatest person to hang out with. Why do you want to hang out with me? There, you know, like, I can't even stand myself. I was in that bubble for a little while. And I was like, wait a minute. I had to remind myself who I was and where I was going. And the reason why I wanted to give up on that was because I had seen my brother right beside me doing what I was doing back then and to continue going forward. What helped me a lot was this group of people that uh, through John, I was able to get into that bubble of, of, of pushing along as a team and staying uncomfortable. Like I mentioned before, staying uncomfortable I was able to go to these events as a, like an, an ambassador. That was so uncomfortable for me, but that was the most growth that I had received in my life. And I would ask myself, wow, my brother passed away. And, you know, through this grief, I was, I'm growing so much because now I had like 
this inspiration of, of saying, you know what, brother, I know that you're not here, but I, I can still, I can still grow. And I know that you're going to be proud of me. So the being proud of me, brother was, has been highlighted so big that I still continue using that as a, as a motivator of saying, you know, I know he's rooting for me. I, I know that he's proud of me. And that grows, that stretching part of, of being uncomfortable. I encourage anyone, if you're feeling unsettled or frustrated, you want, like, use it. Use, use that, that, that uncomfortableness of saying, you, you know, oh, okay, I'm uncomfortable. All right, why are you uncomfortable? You know, and, and, and use it to drive you to the next level because it will help you for the next level because is th- this is a saying I tell my kids especially because I have to be creative and the metaphors that I show them because, you know, I have to explain what they're going through or mm-hmm. in their perspective. I tell them, I'm like, we go through levels. It's the same thing as life. Life is hits levels, but like, what do you need to do to for that breakthrough? You, 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 you must, you must use the most strength at the end in order for you to break through. Yeah. And, and like, some, in some ways to get, through and break through, you have to be able to use your superpower, whatever that strength is that you have. What you're also saying is even during times of crisis, even during times of grief and pain, that is still strength that you can use. It's unwanted. It's it's uncomfortable, but it's still there for you to be able to use it if you're able to push yourself past it, right? Yeah. And so how, like, how, how did you do that? When you talk about being uncomfortable, what do you mean by that? I was doing the things that most scared me. Mm-hmm. For example, talking to strangers, um, these big crowds where I would hang out. Uh, and so that was an ambassador to coordinate events. So mm-hmm. meeting people, you know, in our job was to uh, motivate you know, to cheer them on. And, and, and when I was doing that, I was, I remember just like raising my hands and I was just like, this feels weird. But here it goes. Like, I was like, who's watching me? Like, you know, yeah. all self-conscious things that you like, you know, they're going to think I look funny or look at her, you know? So it was those kind of things that when I was doing that, it was very uncomfortable. And then a mentor come and talk to us and they would ask us questions of, of our personal growth and what we were looking to push on and how to come and bring it to the community. And whenever I come into something, I always like, yes, it's my personal growth, but how can I apply this or how can I present this to someone else? Because I get excited every time I learn something. I always want to like, I want to show somebody else what has been doing for my life. I don't want to keep knowledge to myself or growth for myself. You know, the more that I can teach my children, you know, the, the those are the three little ambassadors that I have where I'm going to be able to show them everything where they can go and be that light in their environments. It's very important to, to continue doing that, whether, why be disappointed of, of how life is now? Why are we going to focus in the darkness? When we focus on the thing that is being the most disruptive in, in, in a bad way, why can't we create some light of disruption to shine upon that darkness? Yeah. Why not? You so know? It- so if there's bad that happens and, and of course, catastrophe and tragedy does happen, what you're saying is there's also the miraculous. There's also the, the ability to create and manifest positivity, force for good. And, and I love that you make that your, your focus and priority. Um, talk about growing up and how that shaped you and your outlook on life. Well, I left home at an early age. Why did you leave home? I left home because I thought my mom did not know how to mother me. <laughs> and mom of 10. <laughs> mom of 10. I, you know, I was, I was the middle child. And, and, and these thoughts were on a 16-year-old girl. Yeah. And they're real. I, a lot of people are probably going through the same thing. 
Yes. Yes. I thought I knew better. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to pack up my stuff, mom. And, and, and I became pregnant. And I, now I was a mother at 17. And how that shaped me was like, my mother would tell me, like, don't do these things. In my mind, I always would say, well, if you're going to tell me what not to do, tell me why. And I understand this now that my, my mom never finished high school. So communication wasn't fully there for me to understand or for her to explain. And that's, I understand now, but that was my reasoning that she, she wasn't able to explain to me certain things. So I wanted to learn for myself. So then I left home and having a child. And then I had a child, uh, uh, my, my middle child at 18. And then here I'm going learning as I go. And my, <laughs> my, my oldest child told me, why did I have to be the oldest? You know, I'm your guinea pig mom. And I'm just like, hey, I'm learning as much as you're learning this motherhood and, and, and daughterhood together. And yeah. growing up in that, my first relationship was in a domestic violence. So that was a struggle it's, itself. And then I then became single, a single mother. And going through those hard times, I always tell myself, well, let me use my story to, to be able to encourage those women that unfortunately are going through it. How can they get out of it? And how can I help them? You know, those are the things that I constantly ask myself, like to be able to do that for them. Even if it's just a talk to understanding one thing, you know, cause it was back and forth on a relationship like this. I remember the back and forth. Not a lot of people understand that. Why mm-hmm. do, why do women go back? And there's a lot of, there's things to be answered because of that. Mm-hmm. And it's why hard. do you think you went back? Well, I would go back because my finances wasn't, you know, I was, I was young. I did not know how to control, have the control over that. And then I, my children having to work for them. Like I, I was, I was explaining to a friend of mine, I was telling her, I was like, I had to work two jobs at one point, two jobs. I remember coming home only to hold my kids to rock them to sleep and then go back to work as soon as they did go to sleep. That kind of struggle, uh, was hard mm-hmm. but then what made me continue moving forward was was my children my children were my strength for that and I told myself that I wasn't going to to let myself down or let them down find an anchor that's one thing that I can say find an anchor and hold on to the anchor that you know it's going to be a positive impact for your life and for your children what do you my mean mother. anchor? Oh, your mom was your anchor. I, my, my mom was my anchor as far as, cause I would tell myself like, and it's, it would, it's not like a bashing on my head. It's just that I'm like, my mom had 10 kids. Yeah. <laughs> I only she, have three. She kind of knows how to do this. <laughs> yes. I'm like, well, if my mom did it. So see, we, we all go through things maybe differently, but if, if you find, if you don't have that one person to anchor on, you know, you anchor on your kids or you anchor on someone that has inspired you because we all leave trails of, of how you can go through it. Mm-hmm. Right. Even when yeah. you're in it, you yeah. know, this is a happy quote for myself that if you don't have rain, then how do you expect to grow? Mm-hmm. The flower needs rain. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's going to dry out. And by the, what, the age of 20, you had already gone through um, marriage and domestic violence situation. You're a teenage mom. You've run away from home. You, your house burned down. I don't know if that happened before you were 20 or after. It was before. Before. I mean, you went through literally like all of the major life changes that one can go through. And at such a young age, and you're still trying to like be a mom and lead to, to humans at that point. 
<laughs> when I think about it, I bring out my past in order for me to see how much growth has been in my life and how my perspective has just, I have always been very optimistic. I can see like the flowers in the desert yeah. kind of thing. Like I see that paradise in the desert before it's even there. Yeah. So when you faced Juan's passing, would you say that that was like the the hardest thing that you had to deal with up until that point? Yes. And I remember, I also remember asking God, God, I want to grow. You know, I would ask, bless me so that I can be able to, to help others. Um, and this always has been passion of me, like, because of what I've gone through, I was just like, I know that I can be able to help others, uh, and guide them through life as well. Just because I'm like, I went through it. There's just so much that life gives us that why can't we give back to those that need help as well? When we ask for blessings and not saying this to be afraid of a blessing because blessings come in different forms. And I could say that John's passing was a blessing because of the growth that it has impacted my life. And I continue using it. I know it might sound very like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean John passed and you're saying it's a blessing? It has been a blessing for my personal growth. And I just take it that way. And I use it that way. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you don't, that you would have him here anytime. If you could choose, oh, yes. you would have him back. He was your best friend. It means that you're going to honor him and choose to let his passing fuel your growth instead of hinder it. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Which takes a lot of strength, right? Oh, so, yes. It does. And then now you're, you're in this place where you're, you're in transition. It's, it's kind of the unknown. A lot of people are going through that unemployed, maybe feeling unsure, uncertain about the future and asking those questions, like what is my purpose in life and how do I feel my passion and how can we do more and instill more of the, the elements that make us uniquely ourselves into everything we do. What do you see that for you being like, what do you see your gift to the world or yours to do while you're here? Again, I bring up my, my brother. This is a question that I, I constantly ask myself to continue aligning myself towards the direction that I'm going. Our purpose here on earth is asking yourself, what makes you angry? Why does it make you angry? What makes you cry? And the same reason, like, why does it make you cry? What gives you the most joy? And why does it give you the most joy? Answering those questions will guide you and help you towards the direction that we want to continue going. Me is helping single moms, helping younger kids as far as in guiding them, instructing them that, you know, where they're at at this moment, it's okay. It's okay to be where you're at and it's okay of how you're feeling expressing your feelings, expressing your feelings and communicating with someone. Of course, we have to find that one person that you can trust to be vulnerable with. I know that there's a lot of factors that play with being vulnerable with someone, but trying to find that one person to help you and saying it's okay. It's Mm -hmm. okay to feel mad. It's okay to feel sad. And, And a lot of people think that it's not okay to be that way, but it is mm-hmm. because when you discover this within yourself, I know that, that, that you can answer that question. And when you answer that question, you're going to realize that you're like, Oh, you know what? I can get out of this. I can move forward. My most biggest desire is to help women, the children, and just guiding them like in the guiding aspect of, of the growth life growth. That, yeah. that intrigues me big time. <laughs> like, like saying, be real with the feelings that you're feeling. And it's okay if what you're feeling or going through is ugly or isn't perfect or is raw or even is angry or whatever that might be. That's okay. As long as you're real and authentic with 
this is how I feel. And then what you're saying is, and then ask yourself some deeper questions. Why am I feeling this way? What triggered me? How can I use this? What is it that I'm attracted to in this scenario? Because what you're saying is through those things that bring us the most joy or generate the most excitement from us, that is a clue into what's calling us and where we should be spending our time and growth. Right. And that's something that we should all be aware of. And those are that like, those are some really good questions. What, what draws me? Why am I feeling like this? So talk about your leadership development, right? You were and played a big role in what was it like the, the marketing teams and the, the, the traveling um, agency, how did you develop your growth and leadership skills through that? I learned by being uncomfortable, the constant of saying, you know what, choose me, I'll do it. Again, this is, this comes back along with what my mom has taught me as uh, like, she was always determined if I don't know how to do certain things, I'm just going to throw myself in there and just do it. <laughs> and that's what you do. You just throw yourself into stuff and then you, you just get it done. <laughs> that's a great I, I, skill. That that's how resilient my mom was. I was telling this story to my kid because I was trying to give him like, like, I'm like, get in there. Don't, don't, don't be scared. There's this one time that I was trying to get a, a, a pay increase because I was at the time I was working at a warehouse. I was getting paid $10 an hour and I wanted a raise. So at, the t- at that time, $15 an hour was an increase for me. So I was like, well, what must I do in order to get this increase of money? I have to learn to be a forklift driver. And I was like, well, I don't know. Where, where can I learn how to, <laughs> is there forklift training outside of, of, of driving one? And no, there isn't. Where are they going to teach you that you, I don't know, even know how, how to begin for there. So I told myself, well, let's get that interview and we're just going to get in there and, and just learn. So they ca- called like five of us to go in there. They did the interview and they're like, well, do you know how to drive? Have you driven a forklift before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know how to do that. <laughs> I backed up a little bit and I let, I let the other four go first before I, before I, I was observing them every turn. If you turn this way, you turn that way, you pick up the, the, the forklifts, the, the plates up, down, everything. I was just like, I need to observe these four people, I better make my shot count, right? By the time it got to me, I was like, I'm getting this. So I did the the test. They said, okay. They gave me the job. And I was just like, well, here we go. We're going to learn how to do a forklift. I got the job. But that's how, that's what I mean by being pushy or being resilient towards the thing that you want and just push and then and, did you learn how to do, to do the forklift? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, in the, the, the first two weeks, I know that I was a little slow, slower than everybody, but I picked up pretty quickly. Yeah, you're still able to do it. Yeah. You're and qualified. I was able to get that raise that I told myself I needed. Yeah, that's your tenacity right there because yes. you are tenacious. And, you know, you're also good with talking to people, which is funny because, um, Chito, I call her Chito. Her her name's Maria Ortega, but we call her Chito. And uh, she is such a positive and motivating person, but she didn't want to do this interview because she was afraid of how she, she talked or sounded. Isn't that true? Um, Chito. That is very true. And you didn't want to do it. I'm like, really? Because there's a way in when you talk, you know, it's authentic. It's from the heart. And and you speak what's on your mind. It's not, it's, it's not like a filter there. You're kind of just like, you're all in. And I love that. And that's very rare. You don't, you don't get that all the time. And thank you for, for being the first one to interview me. <laughs> oh, it's an honor. <laughs> so what are you most proud of? If you look back at your life and you know where you're at now, you're a mom of three great children, living to use your life in a way that honors God and others and in service of others. What is it that you want? And then what are you most proud of? I am the most proud of my children. 
because believe it or not, I mean, I tell them all the time. I'm like, God knew that you needed this mother to mother you. <laughs> I told Bella this because I'm okay for the moment that to allow them to be mad at me as I correct them. And I tell them all the time, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay for you to be mad at me, but I stand my ground. When I say something, I want you to obey it. I want you to be the most respectful and honor those around you. I believe that it's very important as much as I continue to grow, I, I instill in them the same and highlight those good features or highlight those good characters that I know that they have within themselves because we, it's a constant, it's a constant every single day that we go through life. It's always, we wake up and all right, what are we going to do today? You know, what's the character you're going to take? Like, why be that person of saying, I wake up and I'm like, Oh, can this day end? Why be that way? You know, Mm -hmm. we have our, uh, our days numbered. Why do the best the day that's coming, you know? And that, that's, that's another thing that drives me that it's just like, live like today's your last. And mm-hmm. it's true. Like do really live it that way. Yeah. Because if we don't, then, then, you know, we're going to regret it, you know, whatever we're going through. Mm-hmm. And what is it that you want out of life still? Like when you look to the future, what do you still want to achieve or know that is still yours to fulfill? I have this uh, folder. I have been working on it. And this was a project that John had also, he had made the vision and I grab a hold of, a, of that vision as well. Creating possibilities for others. I see a house, like a, like a big house where the single mothers can be able to help their children, train them. And most importantly, their personal growth. And throughout the years, I know that I have been just putting together those, like how to do that. Because Mm -hmm. I I do see myself in the future where I'm going to be in this space where, so I I tell myself, like, I I keep claiming it into my life, like being an advocate for women and also to the men. Okay. First of all, whenever we find a problem, there's always that opportunity of growth within that problem. Yeah. What are you thinking of? What problem are you thinking of? I believe that men today, they've been bashed of, 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 of what they're not doing right. Why aren't they providing like they should? Why aren't they acting like they should? Um, I believe that they're being bashed. Like the men is the foundation of the household and then, you know, how us women can help them, right? You're following it, like the traditional kind of like um, women as a support piece to men, right? Is that what you're saying? Correct. That the woman's purpose is to support a man? Yes. I, I tell myself all the time, I'm like, I have two men. And nowadays, the, the men have been, um, what's the word I want to say? I hear what you're saying. I think what you're saying is there's been such a rise in like feminism and, and this quest to support women. And I think that's different from what you're saying. That's the different conversation. It's not that you are, don't support women. You want women to live and achieve and be live their best life. What you're saying is it doesn't have to come at the expense of being antagonistic towards men, which sometimes you can see where it's like feminine versus masculine instead of each was designed to serve a specific function for the other. And in some ways there's not a balance or a unity there. That is correct. It's, it's the unity part, the unity and in overall, when it starts, like, like for me, uh, I believe that I, I contribute in such a way by educating my children to be better persons for our, our, for our community, because if they wish to be a big impact later on the road or being leaders themselves for the community, I know that, that, that my service to the community has been placed to my children and they expand, right? 
So that now we have three leaders doing the same thing, pushing along the community. And I believe that, that it will help us grow in unity mm-hmm. to keep uh, raising our children in this form. It's, you know, the possibilities are endless of, of how that can grow in, in, a, in such a beautiful way. Yeah, because your children are in um, essence, what you're seeing is they're, they're living, breathing beacons of the teachings that you're instilling in them as a parent, as a leader, and you want them to be supported and you want to support your sons and want them to feel supported and respected in this world, just as much as your daughters and vice versa. You want your daughters and your sons to grow up and and be united as people and as they do that in the future so they can spread that out into the world more um, and that's kind of that um, that circle of life and the behaviors that we show right now will be repeated through our children later and it's a good caution to be remindful of what are those behaviors that we're showing them so in times like this during a pandemic it's what is the message that we want to instill out there there's hope there is faith there is power in communicating and uniting as people and there's power in being honest about where we are in life and truthful about sadness and grief that we go through that we don't have to hide or be embarrassed or shameful about growing up um, regardless of the different ways we grew up that life brings us together and it's what we choose to do with what we have now that makes a big difference and ultimately the biggest difference on the future yeah and and you play a big part in doing that through your life and sharing your perspective and and your story where do you find that source of strength and motivation i know you said johnny fuels you and your faith fuels you, but how do you keep going every day? Because that's what it is. Every single day, it's a choice. Am I going to put out goodness? Or like, how do you choose the joy? Where do you find that source? I believe that that has, <laughs> that has been part of me since I can remember of being that fighter. Yeah. By source, I look at the life of and I'm a true believer of God. And just by being an example of, of Jesus, being Christ-like. And the more, like every single day, like, what can I do? What can I do that he did? I believe that that's constant. It's a constant question. I wake up and I'm just like, okay, what, what can I do? I know it's a phrase, what would Jesus do? But like when you really apply it and you really ask yourself that question daily, it, it becomes more true to you where are you being true? Are you being honest? Are you being trustworthy? And, you know, being vulnerable on what you're what were you currently doing and, and, and portraying people see that. Yeah. People see that, 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 and, and, and it just radiates. That's what I constantly look for and thrive for. Like, how can I be that person every single day? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're doing it? I believe so. Yeah. Every single day I just wake up and I'm just like, okay, it's this constant thing that I just, I am, I'm always fight, uh, searching. I'm always searching for that one clue, like constant connection with someone and when I get it, I'm just like, I always want to throw that positivity, my optimistic, it just, it just radiates where I'm like, I know that it's, sometimes it can be uncomfortable to those that don't know how to perceive that light. But the more that I do it, the more that I, I, I know that, that it, it will become a curiosity of them later. Like, why do you do that? I just do. Why? Because if you can grab, like, if I have so much hope in this world that I see, like, I constantly see it that way of, of, of how we can be kind to each other, how we can be forgiving with each other, how we can trust each other. If you don't have that, I always say, like, you can borrow some of mine. Yeah. Because if anything, I've been, this is my exercise every single day. You know, grab a hold of my hope or grab a hold of my faith that it will be better. That's the constant thing that I tell myself. How, how yeah. can I be that? 
And I love that you're like, grab, grab some of mine, borrow mine. I have enough. I have more than enough. And whenever I get depleted, because we all, we always get depleted. And then that's when I, like, I constantly search for God to refill me. Yeah. You know, in, in, in that way where I'm like, all right, God, I need refilling because I need to go in and deposit. It's this constant exchange with each other that, that, you know, we don't see it, but it's like that one little chip. Like if I see someone here, here, you know, like just handing out little things where I'm like, if you have a question for me, it's like, I'll, I'll tell you the, how you can. And yeah. That's, that's that one thing that I just like love doing. And it comes so naturally to do it. And the hard part, I think right now where we're seeing is when you don't have those outlets to be able to be vulnerable and share deeper conversation or what's really going on behind the curtain. Right. And having that, like, like you talked about earlier, that anchor to be able to, to, to hold yourself to when you're still feeling a little bit unsure, that's where it gets tricky because then you don't have that release. And when you don't have that release, you're also never able to get fully replenished. Um, and that's where you're, you're talking about just constantly being in the state of movement and giving and receiving and being aware and open every single day towards the opportunity that's ever present. Yes. Yeah. What's like the kindest thing someone's ever done for you that's checking out to you the most? I believe it was those, those people that when I was young, where they would receive us when our family had that, that fire in the house and they opened up their homes to, to provide a, a roof over our head. And then the constant, uh, like they would, they would give us food. It's just that human nature of like, they took us in and we, we weren't homeless. Like, you know, we could say technically we were homeless, but we did have right. a roof over our head. And I, I believe that we all go through things. And if, if we pay attention to our story of, of, of our upbringing, it will always tell you of who you are and why you are who you are. I always constantly just go back and, and, I, and I'm like, oh, that is why I am this today. That's why I'm so optimistic. <laughs> I was like, when I was a kid, I was going through a lot of stuff. So it was a lot harder. But when I'm a, an adult now, and I'm just like, oh, I, I could take that on. I can you take know? that on. Yeah, because you faced losing everything that you owned, essentially getting burned down at a, um, a young age. And I, I guess what that teaches you going forward is that things aren't as important as the people in your life. And, and that that's what you hold dear and sacred, right? Yes. What yes, else did it teach you? The unity that our family uh, has, like I've told my mother and I, and I always remind her now because of, of, of being that strong individual for my mother, I catch her sometimes that she also needs that, you know, the, that encouragement because as, as a mother losing a son, I tend to just like try to attend her in that manner of like, um, mom, you don't only have 10 kids. There's one time I told her, I was, and she goes, what do you mean? I'm like, mom, everyone that gravitates towards you. I mean, everyone tells you, oh, mama Kaya, because, because of what you give to them, that warmth in your heart. I'm like, you have other children that, that see you as Mama Kaya because of that. I, I put this out to her because like that's what she can remember mm -hmm. that she is needed because whenever she does fall down and she's like, I, I, I can't not continue. I'm like, yes, you can. If you feel like you're not being useful, you're here still for a reason because you're still showing others how strong you are when she feels weak, mm -hmm. you know? And that's and a beautiful I, thing that you can remind her of too, as a daughter, this is who you are. You yeah. still have left your mama Kaya. <laughs> yeah. This time that I took, in, I took her to Mexico, seeing her, see her siblings crying with her siblings, laughing with her siblings and just all together that unity that she has 
yearned for because she kept, you know, prior to taking her, she would always call me and tell me, oh, my, I was dreaming of Mexico. I was dreaming of Mexico. And when she finally was there, she was like, she goes, oh my goodness. And like, there's just so much to live for. Like, yes. You know, sometimes we all need that little reminder, that little nudge of saying, hey, it's okay to where you're at. And we just had to just move certain things and see a different perspective and then just keep going forward. Yeah. And in that case, having her change her environment, right? Show her, take her back to Mexico, reunite her with her family was such a great thing that you're able to do as a daughter because it it gets her back into a space of I'm here, I'm loved, I have family. There's there's more to live for. Yes. Um, what would you say to someone who's watching, right? Someone who's listening to your story right now, anyone who's who's listening or watching What's the most important thing you want them to take away from your story? Whatever we're going through, through life, seeing yourself out of it, even when you're still in it. I know that it may sound so easy, but through that process of being where we're at right now and getting out of it, and it's up to us, and it's up to us. When we go through things, doesn't mean that, oh, brush it off so fast, no. I'm not saying to brush it off. I'm, you know, like go through it, but understand why you're going through it and how you perceive it. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very important to know that because guess what? It's only going to make you stronger for you to keep on going. And then where you want to be at in life. Yeah. When you ask yourself to be at a certain point and you're comfortable with life, that's going to be your cap. But if you want to grow, grow in education, grow in, in, in personal life, that's going to expand, but that does come with something. It's going to become heavier and you have to be okay with that. Yes. What you're saying is when you want to grow and you recognize you need to grow, you have to also recognize that it's going to require some effort. It's going to require learning, maybe a new skill set. Um, but some sort of adaptation comes with it. It costs something. It carries weight of some sort um, because that comes with responsibility and, and growth. It kind of come together. But then when you're in the midst of it, to be able to look at yourself in the future of where you want to be and not lose sight of the possibility that exists for you to still get there and know that everything that you're working at and doing right now, you have to be able to to look back and say, is this supporting where I want to go or if is it not? And that can be a good basis for deciding if you're on the right path or if you're going forward and moving towards your goals. If growth is wanted, this is a metaphor that I use also. When you're at the gym, it takes reps in order for you to start feeling sore, right? And you feel that muscle stretching, moving, stretching, moving. All of a sudden, you're just like, okay, I did my reps enough. But what happens the next day? You start feeling sore. It's that process. It's it, it's gonna take that. Whenever I find a frustration moment or a, a sad moment or I'm in my emotions, I, I stop myself and I'm like, okay, here it goes. This is gonna be a rep. All right, this is gonna be another rep. Until I feel it sore enough where I'm like, okay, all right, now let me uh, marinate here so that, that I can I can finally see that muscle growth. And then I'm going to be excited about that muscle growth because that's what I was actually trying to get. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's that process. Then if mm -hmm. you accept it to be that way, you're not going to be so much frustrated with any kind of stress coming at you because you want that growth. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So work for that growth and be able to see where you want to be and don't lose sight of that. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're more conscious that we are and more aware of tuning in your, with your emotions and your body, mm -hmm. the more that you're going to be like, you're going to be okay. Yeah. With being where you're at. And, and then it's going to set you, is going to set you forward for what's, what's to come. Mm -hmm. So the more awareness that we have of, of where we are and what, how in tune we are will help us 
become aware of how we're going to grow. What would you say to someone who's, you know, maybe that doubt creeps in of who are you to be giving podcast advice and you, you know, you're in a state of, of, of transition and unemployment and you're still working towards your degree. Does that ever creep into your head of maybe I'm not qualified or maybe I'm not where I'm not where I should be to be leading other people. Do you ever deal with that? Those thoughts? I do, but the passion of wanting to do it anyway is stronger than the fear that wants to hold me back of not doing it. I love to speak, especially when I read a book and I, I want to tell the whole world about the book, of, of how I was able to understand it and how I applied it to my life. Because again, the more we know, the better we're off with, with making a better choice next time. Or, oh my goodness, that was, that was it. Like I was yeah. going through this all in my head and I did not verbalize it, any of it. Then, then, you know, I was like, and it was just one little tweak of you understanding it. Yeah. Just using the, your voice to share what's in your heart and what you're going through. It yeah. helps rela- relate us together and helps us understand each other. I tell myself all the time, be that brave person be that brave person to speak up on how I'm feeling because I'm, I know that someone else is probably feeling the same way. Here, I'll, I'll give you the hand. Like, this is, this is a quote that I came up with. It says, give a hand every chance you get because you never know if you're the one being lifted. Give a hand because you never know if you're pulling them up or they're pulling you up. That can happen either way. And it does happen all the time. It's yeah. a constant exchange of, of just connection. I believe it's very necessary, especially nowadays that with this pandemic, but I know that this is most needed now connection, especially because a lot of people, you know, we feel like we don't need it, but we do. We We're do human. need it. The, the, the connection I mean, it's best to be together. And, and this is a time when we need each other. We need each other to, to talk to, to share with, to um, understand. All right. Well, I think that's where we're going to close for today. And thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for still being willing to, to be an insight and motivation for other people. Appreciate you for making time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tuesdays with Andrea. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and I appreciate you making the time to listen to mine. If you like this show and want to know more, check out TuesdaysWithAndrea.com or please leave a review on iTunes or drop a line in the YouTube comment section. Until next time, please stay kind in your mind, nice on the web, and stay hella hopeful in your heart.